Thanks. Uh, you're dismissed. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to be hearing Melvin's wisdom all throughout these next weeks leading up to, to Easter. Uh, we're beginning a, a series during the period of Lent, you know, started with Ash Wednesday last Wednesday and, and leads all the way up till Easter. And, and one of the classic uh, Lenten series is the words that Jesus spoke while he was hanging on the cross. And so we're going to focus on them and we're going to try to use them to make application to our own lives. And we're going to put it in the context of some of those existential questions that are a part of, of everybody's life, you know, those that go right down to our, our identity. And most of those questions start with that little three-letter word, why? Why you? Why here? Why now? Why me? And we're going to take those questions and we're going to realize that they were a part of Jesus' experience while he was on the cross. And we're going to try to make application to our own lives. Because Jesus, Jesus is one of us. He knows the human experience. Yes, we're going to remind ourselves that he is divine, that what happened on the cross was a part of God's plan from before the creation of the world. But we also want to know that Jesus, he felt what we feel. He knows what it's like to be human and to try to work through all of those existential questions. So Pastor Tony suggested a great title for this series, From Last Words to Life Lessons. And each Sunday, Melvin's going to give us a contemporary spin on some of those questions that we all face in life. And then we're going to take a look at Jesus' experience on the cross, his response to what was happening to him, and hopefully make application to our own lives. So the question today is, why you? Or maybe more pointed, what did I ever do to you? Or why are you out to get me? Or why are you so mad at me that you would treat me like this? If you've ever experienced that kind of personal attack, you know what I'm talking about. And whether it's the betrayal of a friend or whether it's an attack from somebody you hardly know, if you've ever asked, why you, what did I ever do to you, then you know what Jesus was feeling that day when he was nailed to the cross. And, and Jesus was asking that question about the soldiers who were literally driving spikes through his bones as they nailed him to the cross. What did I ever do to you? Why, why you? And as you know, after being suspended between heaven and earth on that despicable instrument of torture, the first thing Jesus said in regard to the soldiers was about forgiveness. Actually, Luke is the only gospel that records this saying of Jesus on the cross. It's found in chapter 23. And he wrote it like this. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, 
one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Isn't that just like Jesus? As, as they had just nailed him to the cross without caring one bit about his pain or humiliation. Actually, they were, they were ignoring him. They were at the foot of the cross gambling for his clothes like he didn't even exist. And what was Jesus' response to all this? Bitterness? Rage? No. He asked for them to be forgiven when they didn't even know enough or care enough ask for it themselves. Now, we're going to rem be reminding ourselves throughout this series that, that the cross was God's plan from the beginning, that before the first word in creation was ever spoken, he knew forgiveness would be necessary. And because he knew how it would play out, the Lord counted the cost and decided about it long before Adam and Eve took their first bite from that forbidden fruit, that this is what was going to happen. But plans are one thing. Carrying them out, that's quite another. And during his hours of torture and execution, Jesus was experiencing the reality of that plan. And in that moment on the cross, we begin to fully appreciate his sacrifice for us. And I want you to notice that his first inclination was to forgive isn't that just like Jesus? Now, remember, this is all bound up in the nature of the Trinity, that when Jesus says, Father, forgive them, it's also a reminder that he and the Father are one, and he was actually revealing his own divine heart in that statement. So, before we fully examine Jesus' words, let's think about the nature of forgiveness in general, because forgiveness is an essential ingredient in all relationships. So let's think about forgiveness, and, and, and the very first thing you need to know about it is that it, it is unilateral. Unilateral means it's a choice made by one person, regardless of how anybody else response. Uh, most parts of your relationship are bilateral. Uh, communication and commitment, those are a two-way street. And sometimes we like to think about forgiveness like that. We, we romanticize it. And, and we get this image, you know, of two people who are crying and hugging it out. I forgive you. I forgive you. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But most of the time, forgiveness is not like that. It's initiated by one person. And it's hard work that you do on your own. Now, sometimes it is reciprocated, but very often it is not. And when Jesus forgave those Roman soldiers who did not yet even know that they needed forgiven, he was offering them this amazing gift, and it was something that he did 
on his own. So if you offer forgiveness that's in effect only if it's reciprocated, then actually it's not true forgiveness at all. Because it's not only unilateral, it is also unconditional. In other words, if people don't respond the way you think they should, you need to ask yourself whether your forgiveness still stands. It's great when forgiveness winds up being mutual, but it must always start unilaterally, and you must decide whether your forgiveness is total and complete or not. And here's the hard part. Forgiveness always costs the forgiver. I, I use this really simple illustration. If you steal $10 from me and I forgive you, what did that cost me? It cost me $10, right? Well, what if that was 10000 or 100000 or a million or more? Oh, that's just money. What if someone stole your, your reputation? What if they were trying to steal your spouse? What then? Remember, every time you forgive, you take the cost of the offense on yourself. That, that's what makes the cross the central feature in all the story of the scriptures. Because it is the ultimate in forgiveness. And it cost Jesus everything. No matter how hard you try, you cannot make amends. You cannot grant forgiveness to yourself. Only the offended party can grant forgiveness. And that's why the Bible teaches us that we are all offenders of God. It's what we call sin. It started in the Garden of Eden and it continues into your life. And we all need God's forgiveness. Romans 3.23 famously says the wages of sin is death. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the apostle wrote, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might have the righteousness of God. And the whole story of the Bible centers on God's decision to grant forgiveness to us through Jesus. But in order for that to happen, he had to pay the price for sin. Because forgiveness always costs the forgiver. Like that old hymn says, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. And the amazing thing is he secured that forgiveness for us before we ever even knew we needed it. Romans chapter 5 reminds us that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we've talked about three realities of forgiveness. It's, it's unilateral. It must be initiated by one party. It's unconditional. It's not dependent on the responses that others make. And it always costs the forgiver. Now let's add a fourth. Forgiveness must be ongoing. Uh, in reality, for many of us, forgiveness is just a, a temporary thing. Uh, I forgive you 
as long as I think you are responding the way I want you to respond. You know, there's nothing that messes up human relationships quite like temporary forgiveness. You know what I mean. Um, you're forgiven as long as you respond appropriately. So it's extended and then it's rescinded based on how somebody else responds and how the circumstances play themselves out. And you've been there. You know this experience of having someone hold an offense over you. Sometimes they do it intentionally. Sometimes they don't even recognize they're doing it. But it's not forgiveness. It's actually emotional blackmail. Uh, by the way, this is a really good time for me to pause and remind you uh, that what we're talking about today is about you, not somebody else. You know, this, this is one of those subjects we get on it and, and people start thinking about those who should be forgiving them. They think about people who are holding grudge against them and they start thinking about other people when actually the challenge today is to think about your circumstance and who it is that drives you crazy and who it is who has offended you and how you need to respond. And it's so hugely important for us to do that because sometimes... When we talk about these things, we get so focused on how other people should live. You know, it's a whole lot easier to run somebody else's life than it is your own. And God wants you thinking from your own perspective about this issue. What about that grudge you've been carrying from when a family member or a friend disappointed you or betrayed you? or left you out when you wanted to be in. Uh, true forgiveness is ongoing. And, and Jesus modeled that. Uh, if you want to see that in the Bible, one of the best places is Hebrews chapter 9 and 10, where several times it refers to Jesus' sacrifice on the cross this way, saying it was once for all. That it was done once, but it lasts forever. Uh, that's the way forgiveness is. It starts in a moment, but it has to continue over and over again. Because every time whatever that person did to you comes to your mind, you have to practice forgiveness all over. Now, I have some good news. Like almost anything else in life, the more you practice, the easier it becomes. And so when you, when you have that come to your mind and you've already decided you're forgiven, somebody's forgiven, and you forgive them all over again, it, as time goes by, just becomes a natural part of your life. But it takes practice. And those things that we practice well become easier and easier. But it is ongoing and we need to keep that in mind. Jesus' forgiveness is permanent. And he asks for ours to be the same. Uh, one more thing about forgiveness. And that's a reminder that it does not affect the forgiven until it's received. You know, sometimes people will ask, 
if Jesus has forgiven everyone, then how come everyone isn't forgiven? Well, it's because it has to come full circle in relationship. Forgiveness starts out unilaterally. One party has to initiate it. However, forgiveness does not restore relationship until it's received. And then relationship can continue. Uh, for it to have effect, the forgivee, is that a word? Well, it is now. The, the forgivee has to choose to receive it. So whether or not you receive his forgiveness does not change Jesus because he's already forgiven you. What, what happens when you receive Jesus' forgiveness is that it changes you. So I'm not telling you that when you forgive somebody, relationship is automatically restored because all relationships are a two-way street. But it has to do with how you understand life. Probably all of us have had the experience of making an apology only to have it rejected by somebody who refuses to forgive us. So you've done something, and you go to that person, and you tell them you're sorry, and the response you get back is a lecture about why you should never have done that. Have you ever had that experience? Well, all you have to do is reverse that to understand that sometimes that's the way it happens with forgiveness as well. You may grant it, but the forgiven party will not accept it. Perhaps they think it's disingenuous or, or maybe they continue to harbor resentment. Often they fail to acknowledge their own culpability and they don't think they've done anything that warrants forgiveness. And, and whatever it is, that's the way it plays itself out. So if it is not received, it, it does not take effect relationally. So you know that Jesus has forgiven you, but it doesn't change you until you receive the forgiveness that he has extended. The same is true in your relationships. And sometimes we expect from people what they're not ready to give. And when they don't respond the way we want them to, we go right back to harboring the resentment. That's not true forgiveness. John described it this way in regards to our relationship with Jesus. In John chapter 1, he wrote, Jesus was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That verse reminds us that there are many, many people in this world who have been forgiven, who have not yet received it. Well, let's review. Forgiveness is unilateral. It always costs the forgiver. It must be ongoing. In order to build relationship, it has to be received. So with that understanding of forgiveness as a background, let's look for a moment specifically at what Jesus said after he was placed on the cross. He looked down on those soldiers who were perpetrating the deed, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Uh, 
you, you do know that there were a lot of people surrounding the cross that day who did know what they were doing. They had schemed and planned for Jesus' demise. Their power and authority were so threatened that they did not stop until they thought they had stopped him. Nothing had changed their minds. Not Jesus' claims, not his message, not his miracles. And Jesus' confrontation with those religious leaders was no secret. They had conspired with political power to bring about his execution, and they knew exactly what they were doing. And here's the amazing thing. Jesus died to forgive them too. So you know in your life, sometimes there are people who are out to get you. And other times, there are people who are just going along with their lives. Uh, you know, those guards, those soldiers, they were just grisly old veterans of the Pax Romana. This was not their first rodeo. For them, crucifying insurgents and criminals was just another day on the job. And they were not complicit in any sort of conspiracy. They were just playing their part in the role. You know, Jesus knows where you are in life. And he died on the cross to forgive you. Whether you are defiant and holding him at arm's length, or you're just going about your business ignoring him, you're still in need of forgiveness. And as I remind you occasionally, even good people need to be forgiven. So many people in this world think, I'm as good as the next guy. That's enough, isn't it? No, it's not. We all need to be forgiven. Now let's spend a couple minutes making application to your life. I'm sure there are some why you people in your life. You wonder what they have against you. Why they are making your life so miserable. You just want to throw your arms in the air and say, what's the deal with you? Sometimes it's simple. You know, like that person who cuts you off in traffic? Um, if that's a big deal for you, you have a lot of work to do, okay? Because if you're holding on to that, that's hard. But more often, it gets deeply personal. Other times, it's tremendously complicated. Someone's gunning for your job at work. Somebody's trying to break up your marriage. Somebody in your family's trying to undercut your reputation. Somebody's gossiping about you for no reason at all and often manufacturing lies in the process. And sometimes, as with the case of these soldiers, there are people in your life who are creating all kinds of frustration and they're just pawns in a larger game. They're being manipulated by somebody else. And you want to shout, what's wrong with you? What did I ever do to you? Why are you doing this to me? And some of you here this morning, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And the name of a former friend 
or a coworker or a family member already in the forefront of your thinking and you're living with that why you frustration and, and let's fully acknowledge that the most natural thing to do is to retaliate but I'm here to remind you today that if you're a follower of Jesus you don't just live naturally you are tapped into supernatural power and one of the most important things God wants you to do is use Jesus' power to forgive the people around you. Now remember, I'm not guaranteeing that forgiving them restores relationship. That often it does not. But forgiveness is more about how you respond than how they respond. And it's so important for us to keep that in mind. Uh, if anybody was ready to pick a fight, it was Jesus. He had told Peter in the garden on the night before his crucifixion that he had 12 legions of angels. That's 12,000 angels at his disposal. Talk about somebody ready to pick a fight. So talk about somebody who had the power to retaliate. That was Jesus. One of the things we're going to discover as we go through this series is what an amazing Lord we serve. Because one of the greatest stories of the cross is his amazing restraint. To have the entire power of the universe at his disposal and let this happen to him because it was a part of a larger plan. Every time I contemplate that, it's overwhelming for me. But that's the Lord we serve. You know, there's probably somebody in your life right now who doesn't deserve forgiveness. Give it anyway. Because it's your response to the fact that you've been forgiven by Jesus. Instead of blaming his executioners, he recognized that they were ignorant of their culpability. And often what appears to you to be anger pointed at you by somebody else has to do with multiple factors. So many times it's other circumstances in people's lives that wind up spilling over into yours. And that's exactly what Jesus recognized. He said, these guys, they're clueless. I'm going to forgive them anyway. And that re reveals so much about Jesus' character. Jesus, Jesus, because he's God, is wired to forgive. Newsflash, none of us are God. So that means we are not naturally wired to forgive. For us, it's a choice we must make. And it has to do with all of these factors that we've been talking about this morning. And, and I, I don't know who it is in the room here today, but I, I know how the Holy Spirit works. And sometimes when messages like this come along from the scriptures, he just won't leave us alone. 
and there's somebody who comes to your mind. Maybe it's somebody very close to you. I hope it's not the person you're sitting next to, but that's even possible. The question is, are you going to forgive? Because the best solution to that question, why you, is to grant forgiveness. And I know this is deeply personal. And it's hugely important. But Jesus modeled it for us on the cross. First thing he said was, Father, forgive them. Lord, we need to live like Jesus did. Uh, it's, it's so easy to make justice the primary motivation in our life when your desire is for us to live grace. And so I, I don't know who it is today who's, who's doing some serious business with you right now because they have serious business to do in some relationship. But I'm asking for grace, for supernatural strength, for help and hope as they walk through this circumstance. Because I know your desire for us is to be like you. And when those why you moments came into your life, you chose to forgive. Help us to be willing to do the same, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Alright, and welcome back to the Galleon Grace Point Podcast. So we are in a new series from Last Words to Life Lessons, and kind of the the subtitle to this one is Forgiveness. So, you know, um, and, and actually before I go on about the sermon, I want to give a shout out to the Price family. I had mentioned it last week in the podcast that we had some listeners in Kansas, and uh, yesterday at the basketball games, Pastor Paul showed me the text messages from the Price family that... That is, in fact, who is listening, and they are going to be in town sometime soon. So we're going to do an interview with them, hopefully. And uh, I just want to say I appreciate it. Um, I, I, I'm so grateful that you're listening, and um, they were super happy about the, you know the format being being able to listen to Paul's message via podcast. So um, that's awesome. Uh, you know, spread the word and everything. Um, I appreciate you guys listening. Just want to give you guys a little shout out and, uh, thanks for reaching out after you listened. So that was really, really cool. But, uh, yeah, back to, um, back to the message. So from last words to life lessons, forgiveness. And, um, you know, I, I, I do look at myself as a very forgiving person. There's, you know, plenty of times in life. I kind of, in recent years or maybe recent year or two, I've kind of adopted the mindset of, is this really worth it? You know, like, 
is this something that I really need to get that riled up about? Is that something I should get so mad at this person for that? And I guess the way I look at it is, you know, I had thought about that. And then a friend of mine's close family member had passed away. And I was like, man, would I be really happy if I was mad at this person? And then they just were gone from my life. So was it ultimately worth it? And that's kind of where I'm at. Like, and I get that you can have squabbles and arguments with people to where you're like, oh, I'm so angry. But I, I think if you step back for a second, be like, if I was never to see that person again, is it truly worth the anger and the angst and the grudges that I'm holding? And so I had actually called Paul about an hour ago, about an hour before recording this podcast. I called him because, you know, it's all about forgiveness and I think I'm I'm doing a really good job with that in the small things in life, but my question for him was, you know, even though I have forgiven someone, so for an example, there is an entire um, part of my family I don't really talk to, and, and when I say don't really, I just don't talk to, <laughs> I, I don't associate with them, and um, you know, I hope they're doing well and everything, but my I... I try to come on this podcast as forthcoming and honest as possible. And I wanted to talk to him because I was like, I don't want to come on and, you know, you know, pound in everything about forgiveness if I'm not forgiving them, which I feel like I have, but I also still don't want them in my life necessarily. And um, he kind of con- kind of confirmed what I was saying, like, you know, and it goes back to what he did say in the sermon is, Forgiveness has to be received, and it's not just, okay, you forgave me, good. They do have to accept that, you know, first they have to accept Christ in their life and in their heart and, you know, accept the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and take that on. And there are people that have, there are people that haven't, but, um, you know, he, he kind of put it like a bridge, you know, you know, you never want to burn a bridge entirely, you know, it's there, you know, there might be some pieces missing, you know, the ropes on the side might be a little wapper jawed and everything, but it's there, you know, if they come to Christ and one day they want to reach out to me or, you know, I see them doing what I think is right, that then maybe we can rebuild that relationship. But as of right now, there's a side that it's like, you aren't, you're not doing things that are going to affect my family positively. And so that was kind of a hard thing I took away from it. You know, I, I walked out of the sanctuary like, man, like, am I doing the right thing? But, you know, I, I think the best analogy he put was, you know, even though Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them for they, they know not what they've done. None of them climbed up there and took him off the cross, you know, like they still did. They still did that. They still watched him die. And unfortunately, um, I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. Everybody's got family. Everybody's got friends that you've got to put away and you've got to put that past away and move on for the best interest of your life with your family, your life with Christ, all of those things. And so that was that was the hard part for me with that sermon, you know. I, I I think that for everything I can do, I'm doing all those things. And I uh, where did it, where where was it in here? Um, yeah, yeah. So Jesus died on the cross to forgive you, whether you're defiant or just ignorant. You you are still in need of forgiveness. Even good people need His forgiveness. And that was the one that stuck with me. I was like, all right, Father, forgive me for you know 
you know, holding on to these things, which I, I, I don't necessarily think I'm holding on to them. I think I just, you know, and, and that's what I said to Paul. I'm like, you know, I'm not thinking about them. I'm not, you know, talking about them in my pastime. Like, oh man, they do this, this, and this. I just, there's a, there's where we are as a family, not just, you know, my wife and my kids and my, their grandparents and everything else. There's my church family. And this is just, this is where I'm at. And I'm focused on making sure that my kids and my wife and my immediate family that I am around are all on the same page and are living their life and keeping the main thing, the main thing. And so talking to him after that kind of walked me through it, because like I said, I I don't want to come on here and be, be someone that's preaching something that I'm not living. And so I appreciate Paul for answering that call and kind of, kind of walking me through that because that was a hard one I was having, you know, we got fences up and eventually when someone accepts Christ and wants to do the right thing, you know, and wants to live their life for Christ, then there's a different way. But, you know, it, you, you can't, you can forgive someone, you can forgive someone, you're not holding on to that pain and that anger and that angst, but also do it from a distance to where you're like, okay, that's fine. I forgive you. I'm not, I'm not holding on to this. You guys are good. So I want to pass it uh, on to my guest, uh, our guest this week, Phil Adkins. He's here on the podcast. I wanted to see Phil. Did you have any words on, uh, on the sermon this week? Yeah, so um, like I was telling you, Zach, um, I wasn't in attendance. I was done working with the kids, um, but I did um, get to watch it online. And um, yeah, forgiveness, that's a tough one, you know. Um, first and foremost, I, I, I think it's important for your kids to, to see you extending that olive branch, you know, um, being willing to, to um, you know, try to make amends with people. Um, it's difficult, though, you know, um, forgiveness, uh, you know, uh, um, Jesus, he uh, bled and died on the cross. Well, uh, we still sinned. So, I mean, really think about that, you know. Um, and continue God, to. <laughs> yeah. God, who became a man, you know, yeah. the creator of the universe, mm-hmm. loved us so much that he came down here in the form of a man and died on a cross while we were still sinning against him, while we were blaspheming against him. So if anybody in the history of the world really, you know, had an axe to grind with people, it probably was Christ, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, to me, you know, to me, anything that happens in my life, like, is a drop in the bucket in comparison, you know? Now, with that being said, I also have uh, family members, you know, and, and different things that have happened in the past where it, um, it's virtually impossible for those people to forgive, you know? Yeah. Um, and I understand that. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know, um, you know, all the people's problems or, you know, to presume that, you know, your problems less than mine, or you should just automatically forgive somebody just to forgive them, you know? Um, but at the same time, like you said, um, in my past experiences, whenever, um, it came to forgiveness and holding onto a grudge, because whenever I was younger, um, I was pretty good at holding onto a grudge. I've become much better with it here recently, you know? Um, but at the same time, um, like Christ said, you know, it's it really is like a millstone around your neck whenever you're the person that isn't doing the forgiving. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So really, it's it's affecting the person that needs to do the forgiving more so than the forgivee. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so you don't know how the forgivee is going to take it whenever you offer it. Right. But, you know, whenever you do offer it, that takes that burden off of your shoulders. Exactly. You know, hey, yes. I did yeah. stick out that olive branch and yep. try my best, you yep. know? 
so it's it's an ongoing process just like so many different things in christianity you know you just you have to work towards just becoming a better person absolutely every day yeah and you know it kind of goes back to the first episode in here when i asked paul i said you know what about you know people that don't want to hear the word you know we've all got co-workers and everything that they're not ready for that or they don't want to hear it or they just they, they they'll let you know they don't want to hear it they they'll mock you you know you know it's been going on as <laughs> as long as time you know christianity will be mocked by a lot of people especially in today's society and i feel like every generation says that says that you know sure. I, I tell my wife all the time i'm like you know with everything going on in the world i'm like ah oh, you know the end times are near and she's like well no they've thought that at one point before too you know and it just it, it, it stinks because you know you want to you want to spread the word and you want to have those connections with people and there just are people that are not ready for it but i i've said it multiple times there are people that you don't think are ready for it and you just you you let it simmer for a little bit and eventually they come to you and are like hey you know i'm thinking about starting to go to church or why do you believe this and you give them your example and your word of how you've interpreted the bible or the you know the, the text period and I, I have seen that firsthand and that is a cool experience. And it kind of goes back to, you know, my wife went to the uh, lift event last night here for the uh, Christian educators. And she, uh, she goes, you remember, she, she always has told me for years, the story about how when she was in school, she went to Shelby schools and this teacher told her about uh, the story about a starfish, you know, all these starfish, you know, washed up ashore and this, this guy was walking up to him and just, Throwing them back in the ocean, throwing them back in the ocean. You know, there's there's thousands of them out there. And someone says to him, what are you doing? You know, you're, you're never going to get all these these starfishes back there. You're not going to affect them. And, and, and the guy turns around and goes, that one I just threw back in right there. I affected him. He's back in the water. And so that was kind of their message last night. He's, you know, affecting one student. And I kind of look at that, you know, with with work, for his example. I, thus far, I've, I have affected one person in in my career that is now taking their steps in their spiritual journey. So if you can affect one life, that's all that matters. And that's, that's kind of what I've come to. That's terrific. That's a terrific way of looking at it, Zach. Um, you know, it's like a pastor said about his wife, Cheryl, you know, um, you know, she was an unassuming evangelist. Mm-hmm. So she didn't just go out there and just, you know, lay it all out there to everybody, but everybody saw the way that she carried herself, right. the way right. that she lived her life. Mm-hmm. They knew that, you know, something was different about her, you right. know? So I think that there's different way to get to different people, yep. different ways to get to different people. And some people aren't ready to hear the message. Like you said, yep. um, some p- people are eager to hear the message. They're just waiting for something waiting to happen for, in their life. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I think the important thing is, is just to keep on, you know, walking in Christ, you know, yeah. just to, just to keep on, keep on walking down the road, you know, yeah. and, and Christ will work through you, you know, um, the people that are supposed to be here, the people that are supposed to hear the message, they will hear it in their time. I, yep. I truly believe that. Yep. I do. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it goes back to the whole relationship thing. I was telling Paul on our phone call earlier, I was like, I just told someone last week, you know, I bet you 95%, if not more of the sermons, the word relationship is going to be said in one of his sermons. And that is a beautiful thing about this church is just the relationship building. And to me, it was like, what I was explaining to him was, you know, unfortunately I'm ending or maybe even just pausing certain relationships to where they're not ready for 
the word. They're not ready for the life that my family and I are building. And, you know, a lot, and a lot of it goes back to just, you know, uh, the life I used to live, uh, you know, drinking buddies and stuff like that. Sure. And, you know, um, I gave an example to Paul earlier. I said, you know, I, uh, so I don't, uh, I, I don't I don't drink anymore and but I do like non-alcoholic beers. I still like the taste of beer, so I'll go buy some and sure. um I was excited. I called one of my former drinking buddies who I hadn't, you know, really talked to about any of my faith or anything with and was like he was a there's a certain brand that he really liked and I called him and I was like, "Hey man, they have a they have a non-alcoholic version of this." And uh he got really mad at me. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I, I got called quite a few names, and I was just like, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right. right, see you, man, take care. Like, right, you know, like, oh, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you want the real thing? I'm like, well, that's just not what I'm doing anymore. But you sure, know, and yeah. So it was, it was just a, it was a weird experience, and kind of got me. That's kind of what got me on this message today. And you yeah. know, like, okay, like I still love that person, but. Right. Uh, not living the life that I'm wanting to build for my family and the right. people around me. So. Your priorities and their priorities are different priorities, right? right? Yeah. yeah. And so, and that's, that's great, you know? And I mean, maybe that guy eventually will get to the place there where you are, you know? Right, I mean, right. so I, who's to say, you yeah. know? But, and exactly. Uh, like I, I was probably that guy 10 years ago, honestly, right. you know, if someone would have called me like that, I've been like, <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, and I mean, that's where grace comes in, right? Yep, you know exactly. I mean? Like I, I always liked, what was it? It was, uh, I think Paul was, was the one not pastor paul but the apostle paul i yeah. think he was the one that said god's default setting is grace you yeah. know once again another situation you know i mean if you just um you know you you follow following christ i i think that you know i mean it just i don't know it, it just it flows through you whenever you start receiving that you know and it really I th- does yeah. and I, I i think that you know people see that i really do you know i mean just the just as a person that has been an observer through the years you know um I wouldn't say I was a wallflower necessarily, but I just kind of stay back a little bit, you know, and kind of observe things. And I just, I've seen the way that God works in so many people's life, you know, and just the way that he flows through them whenever they accept them into their life, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's, that I think that that works the same way with your buddy, you know, I think that. Just because he's not in the same place you are, I think eventually right he could be. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. You yeah. Know, like you said, extend that olive branch and eventually it might happen. And, you know, it stinks for now. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. I've had that conversation. You know, Nate, I was calling him on the way here. You know, there's there's a lot of guys like that that mm-hmm. eventually it, they might come to Christ and they're Absolutely. just not there yet. And so right. not giving up on them. Just, you know, it's a little bit of a distance. There's you know, a little bit of a little bit of a fence up right there and you know when that is a bummer though that is a bummer when one of your friends you know i mean you just can't you know you just can't hang out with your buddy anymore just because of that and then you know they have you know yeah issue with it yeah it stinks that was kind of a kind of a struggle i was having today just thinking about it and uh, that's why you know i made a few phone calls just a little bit aggravated but uh, you know like i said i i contemplated talked to paul about it and just you know continue to pray for him and make sure everything, you know, yeah. make sure I'm doing everything I can yeah. for that, for that instance. No, but, that's, uh, that's terrific. I, I appreciate that. And I, I appreciate for all your insight on the, on the message, uh, you know, normally we don't even get this far into talking about the <laughs> sermon, but that was a really good conversation. So I've already mentioned him. Phil Adkins is on the podcast this week. So Kim was the one a couple weeks ago. So, um, 
we did a group one a couple weeks ago. Um, there was some sickness and appointments and illnesses going on, so kind of impromptu did one um, after Wednesday night Bible study. We were all in there and kind of texted a few of the people that go, I'm like, what do you think about just, you know, we dangled the mics down and did a group one. That's kind of what we're going to do next season. But uh, mm-hmm. then uh, Kim, mentioned, Kim mentioned to you, and she goes, uh, yeah, Phil, Phil, you got to get <laughs> Phil on. So she goes, he's, he's, he'd be a great one to be on the podcast. So thank you first for coming on. Um, I appreciate it. Well, well, thank you for the opportunity, you know. I mean, I appreciate you inviting me to be on, Zach. Yeah, no, I, I truly, truly appreciate it. Um, yeah. But uh, I know you've listened to some of them, so you, you kind of know the format. But uh, give me a little story about your early life and growing up, and then, uh, you know, we'll kind of touch on, you know, your later years and, you know, your growing into faith and kind of the duties, you know, you have here at the church. So sure. start me well, with your early life. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, I'd like to let everybody behind the curtain and let them know that really this is the first conversation conversation that you and I have had, you know, so yeah, I, yeah. I hope everybody enjoys this because this, I didn't get an opportunity where so many people got to meet Zach last year, go to the, the fishing trip, with, yeah. which is fantastic. If you're, if you're looking, you know, to get to know people in the church, fantastic way to do yeah. it. It truly is though. He's right. Like, yeah. you know, with, uh, between, you know, the, the kid stuff going on down there, like we've met each other and, you know, had small, com- and a lot of times. I'll be recording here when you're doing your class and like right. we've had a lot of small interactions but never yeah. really like a full-on conversation and that's actually why I was kind of excited because I'm like I don't know a ton about him and so everything I learn about Phil right now is genuine like I'm not uh, <laughs> right. I'm not learning something exactly. I don't I, that I've already learned before so it's right. all coming in to be fresh and basically what I know of Zach is from what I've heard on the podcast so <laughs> yeah. I mean we're we were basically starting yeah, in the yeah. same spot here yeah so um yeah, um, appreciate to be here, and uh, yeah, um, so I grew up, well, I was born in Mansfield, Ohio, okay. um, just down by Mansfield Senior High School, um, so the first couple of years that we lived there, uh, my mom and dad, um, there was there was a lot of violence around that area, and um, you know, um, my youth was kind of shaped by my mom's experience. Um, she grew up in Detroit um, during the 60s. Um, so she experienced a lot of the race riots and things that had happened up there. So she had seen when um, things really started to to go sideways up there, what it was like, you know. So she knew that um, she didn't want me to be in a situation growing up where there was going to be a lot of violence. Right. and you know, um, So... In about 1983 or so, I was born in 80. In 1983, we moved to Galleon. My mom worked in Galleon. She worked at Geyer Super Value over there. Okay. Um, my dad worked at GM. Um, so we moved actually right across the street from here, probably less than 500 yards away from here is where I grew up at, you know, for the first few years that I was in town. Okay. Um, there was a real nice, sweet lady. Her name was Marge Campbell. Um, she actually was the secretary of the church here at the time. Okay. Um, my mom knew her from working at Geyer's, um, Marge became my caretaker whenever we first moved to town. Um, so honestly, whenever I first came here, I spent a lot of time here at the church because I would be with Marge and she would have her duties over here. Marge didn't drive, which pastor can tell a funny story about that if nobody's ever heard that. (laughs) But yeah, um, Marge didn't drive. So we walked, we walked over here to the church and everything, you know, and um, we would be over here. So really in all actuality, um, it was me that came to the church first. Okay. So, um, eventually my parents started to come. We were regulars by the mid eighties. Okay. Um, so 
grew up very traditional here in the church. Um, lots of spiritual warriors in my corner, you know, um, nice lady named Pearl Graff. She was one of our uh, Bible, Bible school teachers. Um, of course, Cheryl Walter. Um, Patty Swain, like I said, Marge, she was always, so we had, we had people here. We didn't have a huge group of kids though, you know, I mean, there was probably maybe, I don't know, 20 of us or so, even once the, the Walter kids were coming around, I'm a little bit older than them. So yeah, that's what I was about to ask mm -hmm. like, what age are you talking about right now? So, um, in 85, I was five. That's probably okay. around the time that I first started coming, you okay. know, 84, 85, you know. So there was a couple of us, but still the Walter kids were still kind of young. Andrew yeah. Andrew was, or Drew, I guess, he, but he was Andrew back then. Yeah. Um, he he was closest to me in age, so, um, you but know. But even that, like, you were saying, like, 20 kids total? Just yeah, like, it was nothing even close to in comparison. Like, that's like right. one classroom down there Right, now, and, you know? know, I mean, and, and up there in the very corner, you know, where the, the two-way glasses that yeah, you and Mike yeah. were talking about? Yeah. Well, that used to be the door so yeah. I, and then there was a window right there and i remember sitting in there and we had our little map of the middle east and everything you okay. know it was like you know yeah and so i remember all of that from way back then you know so um so yeah i grew up in the church like i said i was I, I i could tell i was loved by several people you know um but then as i started to get into my uh my teenage years you know like so many people do and i'm not absolving myself of anything here but um I started to drift a little bit, you know, um, thinking that I knew better, you know, like better than God, like thinking that, um, to be honest, like thinking that it was a lot of fantastic stories, but made up stories for children. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, um, thinking that, well, you know, if it was the middle ages and I was trying to get a civilization together, you know, I would write a book and, right. you know, mm -hmm. just a lot of, a lot of stuff like that, right. you know? Well, and also I bet you that was, you know, sorry not to interrupt, no, but, no. you know, I'm sure that was influenced by other people around you too, not just your own thoughts, but, you know, sure. as you're growing up, you know, right. you've got people questioning, right. you know, what you believe and why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And I think, I think it is the typical age too, where you oh, start correct. to, yeah. so, um, but there was nothing, there was nothing that happened here. Like I remember to the day, I remember the, the sermon that Pastor Paul gave the day that I decided that I never needed to come back, you know, okay. like that's the, the decision that I came to afterwards but he had a fantastic sermon he was talking about um christ being like tarnix like you would dip your silverware in the tarnix and it would take the tarnish off and your heart you know is like the silverware and christ is like the the tarnix and yeah. remember it to this day um summer 96 and i walked out of here and i looked at my folks and i said i i honestly just don't feel like i need to come back okay. you know and um you know i didn't catch much resistance and i don't know why um, they're God fearing people. They continue to come to church at this point in time, though, it was kind of a deal where it wasn't like just holidays, but we would come and then if we'd have something going on or, you know what I mean? Like, it so wasn't it was a priority. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. a priority or routine even just, you know, no, was. no. And do you think maybe part of that, sorry, not to interrupt no, again, no, but no. Uh, do you think part of that was just like, you know, we're going to, we're going to let him explore, you know, um, we're going to let him do his thing. Um, As a, uh, what's the term? Uh, uh, the Amish, uh, Rumspringer, <laughs> you know, like. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking about today earlier, whenever I was thinking about that, I was going to say that it, I, I guess it was kind of my Rumspringer in a way, but oh, yeah. like, uh, it ended up being 14 years, Okay, you okay. know? Yeah. So. But just kind of the way that I drifted away was kind of similar to the way that I just drifted right back in. Okay. So um, hindsight being twenty twenty, you know, um, I wish that I never left the church. Right. You know, but 
you know, who's to know that at the time, you know? Um, so whenever I came back, it was just a situation. It wasn't like, I felt like I hit rock bottom or anything like that, or like, oh my gosh, I need to get back to church. Like, I mean, it wasn't anything like that. It was actually around this time of the year. Um, it was Easter and, uh, at this particular point in time, um, it was before we had remodeled here at the church. So we had our Easter at the school. Um, so my parents, they just invited me, they were going and they're like, Hey, you know, it's Easter. Why don't you go ahead? And you know, if you want to come to church with us, please, you know, feel free to go to church with us, you know? And I was like, okay, yeah, fine. It's Easter, you know, went not really having any kind of expectation of, you know, coming back permanently or anything like that, you know, but, um, by this time there was some people that I knew that had started coming to the church and everything, you know, that didn't go there previously, you know, and, um, just kind of got back into it. And, um, it wasn't an immediate change. I, I should preface this also by saying that I was not baptized whenever I was a child. Yeah. Like this is a decision that my parents wanted me to be able to make when I got older. Right. So, um, whenever I, I came back and everything, it wasn't just like an immediate attitude change or anything like that, or, you know, it's just, I just started coming back, but it was more of a common occurrence for me being here, you know? Okay. So, um, first it was just coming to the sermons and stuff like that, but they, um, they had a lot of different things. They were already starting to get these things in place. Um, you know, for like Jeannie was already here by this point in time, you know, okay. so she was already the teen thing. So like the, the way that things were going around here was already different than what I was used to before. Right. It was good. It was good. It was just different. You know? Right, 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 yeah. right. So, um, that being the case, like there was just different opportunities to be able to serve. Um, so like growing up, you know, like, uh, I was a jock and stuff like that, you know, and like doing like drama and stuff like that or show tunes. It was just, you know, it was like unconscionably sissified to do something like that, I guess. You know what I mean? It's just like, it, it, you know what I mean? No, like, no, I got you. Yeah. So like none of that would even cross my radar whenever yeah. I was growing up or yeah. anything like that. I never knew that I had a knack for it or anything, but they just asked me to come up. They just had like a, cause whenever we first did it down there, like you brought your parents to church, like the kids, the parents, everybody came down there and watched what we had going on. We had yeah. a whole big to do, but, uh, they asked me to be Terry Talentworth, the turtle trainer. That was my first bit down there. I was doing that, you know, and it was like, you know, once I got down there and just, you know, kind of acting goofy and everything and being around people that I knew, you know, like, I don't know. I, kind of liked it i guess yeah, you know yeah, so like they yeah. just asked me to keep on doing it you know so i did another part and another part and then um they asked me to to be scott's co-host and that's kind of how i took off doing that you know yeah. but um that's kind of the thing you know i mean we talk about it we talk about the pastor paul was talking about the milking stool you know the three legs and the balance yeah yeah that's a huge thing it really is staying in your bible praying and staying connected, staying connected cannot overstate I agree. how important it is to stay Absolutely. connected to everybody, you know? I can feel it, like, during the summertime, like, nowadays, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I can feel the separation from everybody mm -hmm. whenever I'm not around them now, you yeah. know? So that is, that is crucial. Well, I didn't necessarily know that at the time, you know? All I knew is that... Um, that I could affect change. I can make people feel better. I could, you know, people seem to like, you know, whatever it is that we were doing. So we just continue to do it. Well, 
once you start doing something like that, then, you know, oh, hey, we have oil changes. Why don't you come and help us do oil changes? Yeah. Oh, hey, we're doing compassion in action or mm -hmm. we're doing, you know, there's so many different opportunities to be able to go and do things that, like, I started looking forward <laughs> to, like, being able to go and hang out with other believers and work, you know, towards a common good. Yeah. Like, it really felt like that there was a great deal of sense of purpose. Well, it goes that. back to that whole relationship thing, period. You right. were building relationships here that you were like, these are fulfilling, but not just because they're fulfilling me with their love and everything. It's they're fulfilling me with, because we have an equal love for Christ and we're, we are coming towards the right thing. And again, keeping the main thing, the main thing. Absolutely. So that being the case, you know, um, I just continued to uh, stay in the church, continued to do things whenever I could, you know, and, um, but also whenever I came back, um, it wasn't weird, you know, like, I mean, they, they accepted me with open arms and everything, you know, um, like I had never left really, you yeah. know? So, I mean, it was like, nothing had really changed, you know? Um, and then, uh, I just, I hit a bit of a rough patch, I guess you would say. And, um, you know, maybe I felt in my heart that I wasn't worthy um, of going here anymore or worthy of, you know, having my different positions or stuff like that in my life, you know, and, um, just the incredible amount of grace that they showed me, you know, like it, the, the whole get it, give it, live it thing. Yeah. Like this is, I mean, th this is something that is tangible in this church. I mean, right. it truly is. And, um, it's one thing to say it, but it's actually, you know, just a completely different thing to actually, to you know, do it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that, that gave me such a, a strength and confidence, you know, it's like all that guilt and shame just kind of washed off of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is even after I had been saved and after I had been in the church and stuff like that, you know, and it's just like, you know, pastor Paul said, he said, I can tell that you have a heart for Christ. I can tell that you're moving towards the right direction, you know, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to separate you from the yeah, church, you know, yeah. for, so, um, that just, uh, you know, that just made me want to be even more involved to tell you the truth, you yeah. know? And then once you start doing that, once you, you know, once you start, you know, helping people and doing stuff like that, it just, it really does become contagious for yeah. at least it did for me. Yeah, you know? of course. So, yeah. And it's, it's awesome when you have, you know, a, a true and dedicated follower of Christ, put their faith in you like that and be like, I'm, I'm not giving up on you. You know, right. it's, it's there, you know, we touched on it earlier when there's people that aren't ready yet, but there's someone that's, they've accepted Christ in their heart, but they're drifting a little bit and just not feeling it. And truly it's just, it's, you know, it's the enemy that's trying to invade you. Period, absolutely. You know? You're yeah. absolutely right about that. And we feel it, you know, there's, there's plenty of times that I feel it all the time, you know, where it's like, no, this is, I know what's going on right here. I've just got to be stronger. And, you know, there's plenty of times also that, you know, you can't on your own and you've got to reach out to someone and you're just like, I, I need, I need someone right there. And right there in that moment, Pastor Paul was available for you. And he was I, I, absolutely. And, um, there was, there was some things with my mom. My mom has passed since many of you do know that my mom has passed, but, um, she had a lot of health problems. She was in Vegas in 2015 and she had a, a hemorrhage in the back of the brain and, um, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah. And, she, you know, I mean, there was, all, you know, um, more health problems. She ended up being out there for 40 days. We had to be out there, you know. Um, but um, just the the outpouring of love from the church at this time, you know, like at the time, in the middle of it all, like, you know, it, I don't want to say you take it for granted, but you don't fully comprehend, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. 
until after. Looking and back. Ju- right. Yeah. Just the people, you know, having a connection. You're 2,500 miles away from home right. and having a connection back here to home and people calling and checking on you and making sure that your mom's doing okay. Or before I ended up going out there, um, different families in the church bringing meals or checking on me and stuff like that, you know, too many countless people to even name, you know, um, just feeling that connection, you know, and, and knowing that these folks have your back like that and, and anything, you know, that could possibly happen. Like, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. But then also the whole God thing, you know what I mean? Like we always talk about it, of course, you know, like if, if, if human beings, you know, if, 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 if it was us and, you know, if it was us and you approached us and it's like, oh, you need me now, you know, you know, like, you know, but God, on the other hand, it's like, oh, I've been waiting for you, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So, so that's the thing. It's like, that's there. And everybody needs to know that, that the hope is always there. And, and, and Christ, you know, I mean, just the fact that you can lean on him in the hardest of times, I mean, it's just, it's, it's overwhelming. And it's something that I never, you know, I never fully understood yeah and honestly even in the midst of all of the the turmoil and the bad things that were happening like there was there was so many so many blessings that that could be seen you know um and honestly that's probably what changed it the most for me like i mean that's where that's where i started to realize that joy is a choice that this is something that i can wake up and choose on a daily basis you know up to that point you know you you see somebody with that, you know, that look on their face, that beatifically, I guess, or whatever you would want to call it, you know, like, you know, and it almost looks like back in the day, I would think it would be like a lobotomized kind of look, but <laughs> yeah. in all actuality, you know, it's like these people are truly joyful. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and like the, the book title surprised by joy, that's a fantastic title for a book, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's really what it was kind of like for me, you know, like I, I didn't, it's like, I'm I'm living a life that I never even knew existed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Isn't that wild? And, and, like, and, it, and it's there for everyone. Yeah. Anybody, anybody that wants to seek it, it's there for it, it, And it truly is, but it is. It's you know I've mentioned it multiple times, just the feelings and the, the relationships you can have with people once you've truly invested your life in Christ and in your faith. That's a totally different thing. You know, you mentioned, you know, being out there, in, you know, in Vegas when your mom is down and everything and, yeah. you know, there's there's plenty of people in your life that I'm sure you know you got calls and text messages that are like oh man you know I'm sorry to hear that I'm sorry to hear that I and probably even said you know people abbreviated it as T's and P's but thoughts and prayers but you know I'm sure that I'm just guessing but I'm I can assume that the people that truly meant it and were reaching out to you even after the fact were right here in this building and around and or at least had their active faith, you know, and that's no disrespect to everyone else. They, they, they were doing what they thought was the best thing they could do. I've, I've mentioned it multiple times. I go to a funeral and everything. I don't know what to say to someone. I once went to a funeral and said to um, someone, good to see you. That's not what I meant to say. You know? right. like, it's just uh, once you, you know, I'm sure people have said, you know, fond memories and stuff like that about your mom and with, with joy and smile on their face. It's not, you know, just they're trying to bring up those things and bring you up instead of just, you know, like, you know, a somber moment. Right. Well, just being there for someone, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, I mean, there's no perfect words to be able to say to somebody right. whenever somebody really close to you passes away. Just yeah. for me anyway. Like, I mean, just being there for somebody, you know, right. Um, that changed everything, you know, I mean, it really, it really did. Um, just having people there for you and everything. It just, I don't know. Um, 
it's 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 difficult it's it is it's difficult but it like i said you know i mean there's so many blessings that can that can be had you know in 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 the midst of all the stuff that was going on you know absolutely and uh and it was a lot of it was shown here like you said praying earnestly for people you know um it it changes everything it changes it changes genuine care genuine care and so uh you know not to to move off it but kind of a transition you know kind of led me into that i know you were uh leading the connection group on the grief share. Um, yeah. Um, so is that kind of what led you into that or how did you, uh, how did you start? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they, they actually just approached me and asked me if I wanted to lead a connection group. Um, that pastor Chris radio, she had done the, the, uh, um, grief group up to that point in time, but she was doing something, she was doing something else. So they asked me if I would do it. And I said, yeah, I'd be happy to, because honestly, I'm just trying to help. I mean, that's yeah. really what it boils down to for me is just, I mean, give, right. give me an opportunity to help somebody whether or not, you know, it, it does or not. I just, you know, um, biggest ability availability type thing. I yeah. guess, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, like absolutely. I'm not, I'm not necessarily great at anything, you know, I'm not, but at the same time, like I'm, I'm willing to be there for people. And course, I think that yeah. being able to, you know, bridge that gap and, you know, kind of fill in there, I think that makes a huge difference. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they asked me to do that. And then, um, um, here starting up here soon, we're actually doing a different connection group. We're not going to do grief share. I don't believe, uh, at least the last I heard, we're not going to do grief share this go around, but, um, I'm going to be leading a group, um, that's, uh, fixing your inner world. And, um, and it's basically, you know, trying to, uh, battle against, uh, depression and anxiety and some of the things that we, yeah. that we, you know, but that could almost be like a step, the next step from the grief share, couldn't it? You could. I mean, yeah. it's very similar because the, the whole idea behind it is, is that I, I just want people to know that they don't have to go it alone. A Correct. lot of times yeah. these sorts of things feel very isolating. Yeah. At least they have to me, you know what yeah. I mean? And it doesn't need to be like that. You know, there's so many so many people around here that you know that if you're if you're a growing christian do not do not be afraid to go up to some of the older christians here and just ask them questions pick their brains there's so right. many people here that that can help you you know to get further down your path you know yeah and um I think that that's one of those type of situations where it's like, we don't have to go it alone. We can all do this together, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's the same with this whole fixing your inner world. It's looking at it from the perspective of Ezekiel, one of the biblical superstars, right? Like, I mean, one of the main prophets, you know, God's number one guy whenever it came to, you know, trying to go against uh, uh, Jezebel and uh, Ahab, you know? And uh, so many different things that he did. He's seen God work in so many miraculous ways. Like, he's seen it firsthand. Like, so many things that nobody else has ever seen, you know? But still at the same time, he saw all this go down. but, But, you know... Jezebel went after him and said, Hey, if it, it takes me to my last breath to see you go down, then I'm going to have you go down, you know? Yeah. And he's like, Oh, okay, well let me run away and go hide in a cave, you know? So, I mean, like, this is a guy that like, you know, I mean, you know, he taunted him and the whole rain thing and the two bulls and all of that stuff, yeah. you know, it was just like, you know, I mean, he had seen all of this and he had so much confidence. Then it was like, whenever, you know, the lights were down and everything, and then like behind the scenes, he was like, you know, oh my gosh, what's going <laughs> right, on yeah, here? you know, yeah. I'm freaking out, you know? So, um, so I don't think that it's, 
I think what people are experiencing and stuff like that, I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's so uncommon, you know? I mean, yeah. I, you know, a lot of people talk about it. There was a stigma around it for a long time, yeah. you know, and sure. Yeah. And it makes sense, you know, but at the same time, um, we can all help each other. Oh, that's, I mean, that's just the way that I feel about the whole situation is we can all help each other, you know? And well, then, and that's, that was kind of my next question is, you know, when you started that grief share or when you were in charge of that connection group, like mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing just based on the way you've talked, like you didn't go into it, um, probably with a ton of feelings, but I'm guessing a lot of them were brought out during the class that you weren't expecting. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of those tough things. Like I said, the whole grief, grief thing, you know, I mean, um, people talk about it, you know, you don't work your way around it. You work your way through it, you know? So, I mean, um, once again, that's a shared experience, unfortunately here on the earth, you know, that, um, grief, we can, we can, you know, we can, we can, all pretty much understand you know right exactly relate so um so that's the thing you know um i kind of went into it it wasn't my group you know what i mean like i said we're all here to help each other so yeah i was kind of the ringleader of the whole deal you know but like it's just like so many things around here, just like working with the kids, you know, you just learn, you know, if you're willing to learn, you're, you're learning in all those situations, right, you know? Right. So, I mean, I learned as much as from everybody that was in the grief group is what I, you know, what I taught them, you know? Yeah. So and that's great. You yeah, know, I mean, exactly. that, and I feel, like I said, I feel that's just the way that it, it is supposed to be, you know? Yeah. And so, even working with the kids, like you said, I'm sure there's moments too, uh, right there where you learn a ton from them. So <laughs> many, so many things in life, you know, I mean, uh, uh, we as grownups, I think the biggest thing is, is that we just need to be reminded. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not that we don't know. Yep. It's just that we forgot, you know, yeah. we're getting old and we're starting yep. to forget things, you know? So, uh, you know, it's like, you know, most of the things that I needed to learn, I learned in kindergarten, you yep. know, or, you know, the golden rule, we talked about the golden rule yesterday, you know, I mean, the, 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 um, um, virtue for the month is kindness, you know? Yeah. So we were, we were hitting on all those different things, but that's the thing, you know, I mean, so many of these, these principles are, you know, they're easy enough for a child to understand, but they're, they're complicated. To, <laughs> right, you right, know? right. Yeah. So, but it's great. You know, I mean, it's great. Yeah. And you see, you see the, the wide age group, you know, you started, you started here and like you said, there was like 20 kids here and now that's, you know, a fraction of what's down there on a Sunday. And that's right. just the, the regulars that are here week in and week out and there's constantly people coming in and out as well that aren't here all the time but you've got so many kids and you've got you know you got kids from uh, the infant room and the toddler room here all the way up to you know in their 80s and 90s you know um you know you just mentioned a little bit ago you know you can connect with people that might not be your same age you might be on different uh, wavelengths you know some of my best friends here um you know Nate and Neil, Jay, Mike, like I talk to them basically daily and, you know, they're all, you know, they're all in their early eighties. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Late seventies. Sorry guys. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, no, you, you can connect, uh, you can connect to a, a whole wide group here from all the way down to all the way up. And it's, it's been a really cool thing to experience in my short time here, but hearing from you that was here from the beginning when there's only 20 kids here, it's crazy. It's grown so, so much it really has i mean and i i I don't want to embarrass pastor paul i really don't um but at the same time like uh the the blessings have flown flown down from from heaven and they've flown you know they've they've come to him you know and uh and cheryl you know and then whenever they came to galleon and uh you know and and then the blessings 
flowed to us. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, it just, just, you know, the leadership and and love that they've shown through the years, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's changed everybody. I mean, really it has. I mean, if if you, if you've been in contact with them one way or another, it's, it's changed people's lives, you know? Right. Yeah. So, and I think that that's, I think that a lot of what's going on is just a great example of that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that we see it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, So, you know, you, you had mentioned, you know, starring in some of the skits and stuff and kid venture and all that. So when did, when did you actually like, you know, kind of develop that role of teaching some of the classes and stuff down there more routinely? So, um, actually this is the first year that I've taught or done anything in that capacity to tell you the truth. They just asked me at the beginning of the year if I'd be willing to do it. And I said, yeah. That's basically, you folks will come to find out, <clears throat> excuse me, you folks will come to find out that um, um, given the opportunity to serve, that's just what I want to do, you know? Yeah. I mean, that, that's really what it boils down to, so just, yeah. you know, um, yeah, and like I was going to tell you at the beginning of it, too, of, the, of our podcast here, um, um, the whole thing about not having a conversation with you yeah, also is yeah. that, you know, I, I get kind of weird at like introducing myself to people, you know what I mean? So uh-huh. like if anybody sees me around here and doesn't know me and they want to approach me, please feel free to right, do it. Right, it's right. just, I don't know. I, I just feel weird about introducing myself, you yeah. know, as being, being somebody that's been here and then new people come in and it's right. like, you know, I approach you whenever you first get here and just like, Oh Zach, my yeah. name's Phil. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, like back in the day, I would have been like, okay, so, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, right, I know? didn't think that's what happened. I right, think I yeah. just came up to you and was like, hey, Phil. Right. You want to come on the podcast this exactly. week? Yeah. Like, so, yeah. That had to be a whole formal thing. Like, right, I know yeah. who you are and we'll have a right. conversation. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, 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 would never, I was never meant it to be weird. No, even, no, even if it did get weird. No, right, no, you know, no, I didn't so. take it that way at all. Right. So, I, yeah. I, trust me. I, I get it. I, uh, my son is... Uh, He's a hilariously awkward person. I, I everything, every interaction he has with someone, there's something funny I take out of it. So it's trust me, there's no awkwardness around me in my realm. Anytime I meet someone, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, as long as you're not calling me a jerk or something like that, then we're then we're good. Like I'm, right. I'll take away a positive uh, experience from it. Now, Absolutely. Now I guarantee, like Sunday or someone will be like, "Hey, jerk!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when right. I, when I talk to him, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's it's, it's it's and it's been great. You know, Brantley's told me a lot of the you know it's before he even told told me that he you know we were going out to the car on sunday and he always asks us what we learned at church and we tell him he goes, we learned about kindness so i knew that before he even said it on here so yeah. you know he, he kind of spread the word to me but uh so what's what else what's going on with you now you know outside of uh outside of volunteering here at the church and putting in your time here and uh spreading the word like what's phil into what do you what have you been up to oh uh, so yeah um I mean, I love sports. I love being around my friends and family. Wait, hold on. I'm going to interrupt right there. Sports teams, who are they? Well, <laughs> um, yeah. So, not Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. And not U of M. So, okay. well, yeah. That's no, good. That's good. Yeah, right. So, I'm a, I'm a Buckeye through and through. So, um, Ohio State for college and uh, Cleveland for professional athlete. Okay. I'll accept or athletics. it. I'll yeah. accept it. Right, yeah. So, but I do love it. I, um, you know, I loved playing growing up and everything. I just, I, I love the whole idea, especially behind team sports and stuff, the yeah. camaraderie and like you said, the relationships mm-hmm. like we do, but I mean, you know, we had a lot of that through the years. So I, I always love that. Um, now that I'm getting a little longer in the tooth, I don't know. We, we play volleyball on Saturdays. So, you know, like, I mean, I still go up there and try to squeeze the last few couple drops out of my, uh, <laughs> athleticism, if you want to call it that. So, <laughs> Uh, but I love that. I love being around friends and family. Like I said, you know, um, 
we play a lot of games, cards, cornhole. I mean, you name it. We just we competed a lot, you know. But being here at church, we've come to find out, you know, that uh, winning necessarily isn't the the number one goal anymore. You know, I <laughs> so that's fantastic, you know, to have found out, you know. So it 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 takes the edge off of things a little bit, I guess, you know. And yeah, um, as far as my work in school life i'm kind of in between right here because i was uh kind of similar to you and mike you know i went to to college you know and um i didn't finish i i I ended up dropping out probably uh, i don't know just a few credits before getting my associate's degree from over there in mansfield you know so that's something that i've been bouncing around is possibly going back and finishing uh, my degree um or going and getting a full-time job um i haven't had a full-time job since um uh, before covid okay um because mom's health care kind of um right. you know it kind of prohibited that to the fact that we had to do a lot of her stuff at home so yeah. um um so i haven't really had a full-time job per se you know but i've had a lot of part-time jobs um you know going and working at one of my friends him and his mom they own a uh quite a bit of land out in the country, you know, just going out there and helping them because they just don't have the time to be able to take care of it. Or I have another friend that, uh, he has the, uh, cleaning contract for Dirt Dutchman. Um, so I go and help him do, uh, carpets and and tile. That's what I did at the hospital before, before COVID. Um, so, um, that was kind of my background as far as that's concerned, but, um, I am thinking that I would like to go back to school and maybe pursue something there. Okay. Um, so that's kind of what's going on there. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, just getting ready for Easter, you know, uh, do have the passion play. We're doing the passion play. Scott and I are joining in over there at the Nazarene church in Bucyrus. Okay. I'm going to interrupt you right there. Okay. Um, so the, it was weird the way it worked. So we did that group podcast and then. Kim had mentioned you coming on and then I was so I don't know if you heard on the previous podcast we were selling our house we were getting our well pump replaced and uh the guy that did the work um Woodworth drilling out on 598 mm-hmm. and he said I told him where we went to church and I said Grace Point and he goes oh I know Goose and Phil yeah and uh he said he was in a play with you yeah. and scott and he's doing the doing the play with you so that's okay. that's why i want to interrupt you he said he's that's how i uh, first of all i don't know where goose comes from but i know it's your dad <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah he had mentioned you guys and so that's uh it was just kind of weird how it worked out that week yeah yeah so scott woodworth used to be my next door neighbor for okay. a long time up until you know about the time that i graduated so he he lived right next door to us for the longest time and uh yeah i'm I don't even know. They were looking for somebody to play the part of Philip, which, you know, they called me up and they're like, can you play Philip? And I was like, well, I mean, I am Philip. Exactly. <laughs> if, if anybody could play it, I would hope that I'd be able to do it. Yeah. So they asked me to do it. And the first year that I was supposed to do it is whenever COVID hit. Okay. So like it got a little bit weird there for a couple of years, you know, with that whole deal. But then uh, we picked it up and, it, you know, um, such a blessing though you know i mean it's just like here at our church as well like the hog roast and i mean obviously you can you can see christ in anything that you do if you really look for it you know but just to see like at the hog roast where you have so many people with such a heart you know for god you know working together for a common Mm -hmm. goal and it was very similar to over there at the nazarene church you know there's probably between the people that are backstage and the choir and there's probably 300 people that go into getting all that together and getting you know and um 
it just it's overwhelming it really yeah. is it's just overwhelming to be involved in that so right. yeah so but anyway i mean if if anybody has never seen it before it's it's worth checking out for sure and um yeah so that's kind of what we're what we're building towards is towards easter and yeah. you know do you do you have dates and times for that yet? Or? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the week of Easter, so Holy Week, it is Tuesday the twenty sixth at seven, and then you skip Wednesday, but then Thursday the twenty eighth at seven, Friday the twenty ninth at seven, and then Saturday the thirtieth at six o'clock. Okay. So. And that's at the Nazarene Church. It's at the Nazarene Cyrus. Church, and they just they ask for a donation uh, to come and see it, you know. So okay, um, but it, it's definitely worth checking out, you know, yeah. for sure. If if you never no, seen I'm that before, so in that. Yeah. yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, just building towards that. And, yeah, okay, that's what we've been doing here lately, you awesome. know. That's really cool, Phil. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing all that. Is there, uh, you know, kind of before I get to the, the advice part, is there anything else that I haven't touched on that or asked you about that you'd like to touch on? Um, I don't know. You know, like I said before, I just want people to know that, that hope, you know, I mean, it's, um, I, I was thinking to myself the other day, you know, um, the, the spirit's first reaction is to hit the brakes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and the flesh's first reaction is to hit the gas. Yeah. And I think moving forward, the enemy is, is going to try, you know, to, to use the whole hatred angle, you know, um, the, the way that the world's going, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. I just, I just want people to remember that the, the spirit, the spirit wants you to hit the brakes. And whenever you hit the brakes, you know, just take a step back, take a deep breath, you know, and just, just remember to love, you know, because it's, you know, it's easy. It's easy. Like pastor Paul said to just react, you know, and that's, that's the flesh's, you know, that's what the flesh wants to do is just react, you know. So I just I, I just encourage people to remember that moving forward. You know, I think that'll that'll do all of us a lot of good, you know, moving forward. So Absolutely. Well, Phil, I don't <clears throat> even know if I need to ask you advice now because that was so good. <laughs> right. but I, I still will, but that was that was fantastic. Um so, <laughs> No, I, I don't know. Sometimes I just sit there and contemplate some no, things sometimes. Awesome. That, yeah. was, that was fantastic. It just no. after you said that, I'm like, man, I yeah. I hope his advice can top that, but I don't know <laughs> if it can. <laughs> right. So, so things that I have heard in the past, like one of my favorites is what what my dad always said. You know, it's kind of like like Missouri, the show me state. You know, oh, I'm um, I'm a good Christian. Well, you don't say you're a good Christian. Show me you're a good you Christian. Me, yeah. I'm a hard worker. Well, no, yeah, show me. show me you're a hard yeah. worker, right? So yeah, um, prove it to me, you know. And I, I always, I always appreciated that, you know, what he was saying there, even if I didn't necessarily, you know, adhere to it at all times, you right. know. And uh, boy, advice that I would give or something like that, you know, I don't know. I really don't. I guess. I guess what I said before would be my piece of advice. Yeah. Um, I, a quote, I guess, that I always liked was, um, um, life's like tennis, and uh, those who serve best usually win in the end. So, Amen to that. Yeah. So when, just, when he first started it, though, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I thought your life is, and I was like, a box of chocolates. <laughs> yeah, no, I, was, I wasn't going that route, even as much as I wanted to. So, yeah. 
no, no just just be there for your fellow man you know yeah, i mean it's absolutely. it's it's hard it's hard enough for everybody and we don't know what everybody's going through you know so yeah, i mean exactly. like just show grace as much yep. as you can yep. and sometimes it's easier than other times there's no yep. doubt about it you know but yep. just try to show everybody grace yep. and, and, and and yourself as well yeah of course and yeah. everybody's fighting a battle and you don't know what that battle is right you know as they're fighting it right so, so a kind word a way. smile can go a, a long way, way. right yeah, I mean, it, can, it can change somebody's outlook on not even just the day maybe the, yep. you know the entire yep. thing so being kind just being kind <clears throat> at one point at one day can change someone's life and and i i've lived it and i've seen it it's it's crazy so i as well zach yeah it's, yeah it's awesome well phil i appreciate you so much for coming on this was an awesome conversation i you know um it's only been a handful of times thus far that i've interviewed someone that i haven't had you know multiple conversations with and really gotten to know and i yeah i feel like i have gotten to know you <laughs> and um this has been awesome and i look forward to you know growing the relationship between you and i and you know just to hear at the church period and outside of church it's it's been really really great so thank you so much for coming on i i appreciate it yes so sir much. it's been a pleasure yeah awesome well i'll uh, i'll touch on some of the, the the upcoming things here at church going on so compassion and action is coming up this saturday from 10 to noon over in save a lot i did that last month it was a lot of fun um and i would recommend also if you're contemplating it and you've got uh, some kids you know toddlers are a little too young for that but you know my son's 11 and uh we took him it was a really good time so and uh it's 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 a really good experience for your kids to experience. So I would recommend that. Um, the Voice of Hope baby bottles are due next Sunday. So if you've got those filled up, please bring them. Um, and then after the ten thirty service next Sunday, there is an Easter and Hallgross parking attendant volunteer meeting. So um, if you can make that. Um, It'll be for parking attendance for Easter Sunday on the 31st of March and then the Hall Grost on the 3rd of August. Um, there are some details on the women's Bible study. The sign-up sheets are out in the lobby as well with the uh, men's fishing getaway. So any of those things, um, look out there. There's plenty of sign-up sheets out there. It's 65 for the men's charter if you're doing the charter and camping, 20 if you're just camping, and then I believe the women's Bible study is $15 for the book. Um, outside of that, though, um, normal worship hours and adult Sunday school, toddler Sunday school, um, the junction down there, that's all back to normal. Um, Wednesday, uh, so tonight when you guys are listening to this on Wednesday, um, 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. Bible study, youth group from 6.30 to 8.30. Um, other than that, though, uh, that, that pretty much wraps it up. Just if you're interested in one of those um, connection groups, and I'm sure Phil would agree, um, just jump in. Like, you know, the Bible study, there's plenty of times, you know, we make it to most of them. The, there's, you know, here and there where we can't make it and there's things going on. Everybody understand. Everybody has a life and a family that they have to lead and you can't make it to everything. It's okay. Just show up, show up to one and go from there. So I appreciate everybody for listening. Phil, thank you again for coming on. And um, other than that, I will see you all on Sunday. God bless.